Brock, then you need to take care of this. You need to take care of this because I don't care how many real estate courses you take or how many money courses you take or how many courses in whatever field you take. If your life is filled with limiting beliefs, you're never going to take off because those limiting beliefs are the brick wall that will stop you every time from really being able to go out there and live your passion. Welcome back to The Pursuit, everybody. So great to have you. Thanks for tuning in again with us. I have another special guest today. I have the queen of passion with me, Janet Bray Atwood. I'm so excited for every one of you listening and watching to be able to hear and learn from Janet. Let me give you a little bit of background about Janet. Janet is the co-author of the New York Times bestseller, The Passion Test, as well as Your Hidden Riches. And I was looking more, I think you've met several other books that you've written as well, too. Um, these are just some phenomenal ones. And, and, you know, what we're going to talk about today is a lot of stuff. I mean, Janet's been an expert on really teaching how to live a passionate life has literally hundreds of thousands of people have been exposed to her work all across the world and taking people through the passion test process. Janet, thank you so much for your time today. You're so welcome. excited to have you. Oh, I, I just, it was love at first sight. So you're welcome. <laughs> so um, I know we were talking a little bit beforehand, but I want the audience to get to know you a little bit. Uh, you've, you've, do, you've done this now for a long time, 30 years, I think you were telling me, but tell us how, how did you get into teaching people how to live a passionate life? You know, I shared with you a story earlier about mm-hmm. how I became a transformational leader. Mm-hmm. But what I didn't finish off saying was, I got a job and then it only lasted a few weeks, Mm. but here's, here's what I follow with. And that is that what you love in God's will, nature, the universe, the unified field, what you love in God's will for you is one and the same. And when you have a passion to do something, it won't be a straight line. I told you that story, but I didn't end it with, Oh yeah, but I only did it for for a, a few weeks. And, but, but what happens is every moment matters. Every moment matters. Every single moment that, that we're living is a setup for what we're here to really do in Mm -hmm. in terms of our purpose here on this planet. So I, I had to take, like many people have to take a sidebar, a sidebar here, a sidebar there, sidebar here. So fast forward, fast forward. I'm working in a book company. It's called Books Are Fun. I was the marketing director. I have a big corporate background, by the way, Ben. Hmm. And I was uh, running the marketing division. We had 40 marketers at the time. And our company uh, sold in the seventh year. And I was the director of marketing at the time for $380 million to Reader's Digest. Hmm. Now, before that time, um, we put on book fairs. That's what our company did. You know, those instant pop-up fairs that you go to. And we sold um, bestsellers at deep discounts. And we were selling at the time a ton of the chicken soup books. Right. And so I came up with this idea. I thought I had met Mark Victor Hansen. I really liked him. I met him at a seminar that I was actually working at his back end table at. I got asked, would you like to go work Mark Victor Hansen's back end table? And I said, yeah. And while I was there, Mark said, hey, what's your passion? And I said, well, I want to be a speaker just like you. I'm a wannabe speaker. 
And, uh, you know, Mark Victor Hansen is the co-author of Chicken Soup for the Soul series that's Guinness Book of World Records with Jack Canfield. And he said, oh, that's so interesting. I said, why? He said, because in a couple of weeks, um, Jack Canfield and I are teaching a speaker program. Hmm. And I said, really? And he said, yeah. He said, I'll send you some tickets. You know what my first thought was? Now, this is over, uh, this was over, God, at least 15, 20 years ago, mm-hmm. I thought, oh my God, he's hitting on me. <laughs> and I'm so embarrassed to say he wasn't, yeah. you know, as a matter of fact, just a short time later, I get a ticket in the mail, free ticket. And I go to, I fly to Austin, Texas, where Mark and Jack were. Oh my God. I just thought I was this little fish in a big pond. And they, they thought I was the big fish because my company was selling millions of dollars worth of their books. Mm. And so they took me all over the place. I sat with them at dinner. I sat with them at lunch and I just had, I was just blown out the whole weekend just thinking, Oh my God, pinch myself, Mark Victor Hansen and Jack Canfield. Cause I wanted to be a speaker like they were really successful and I'm working at a book company, right? I was like a hundred feet away anyway. So when I get back to the book company, I think I want to do something cool for them. I'm going to start an author program and I'm going to invite famous authors and I'm going to start with the chicken soup guys and I'm going to fly them to all our most, our hugest book fairs where we do millions millions of dollars worth of business. I'm going to invite Mark because he was the one I connected with. I'll have him speak for five minutes and then everybody will buy his books. So I call him up. I said, hey, Mark, you want to do this? And he said, yeah. So we flew all over the United States together. We took a whole week and went everywhere and it came true. We sold gazillions of dollars for Mark Victor Hansen. Mm. And um, then what happened is a few months later, I received an invitation from Mark in the mail. And it was not just Mark. Mark had also become uh, business partners with Robert Allen. Robert Allen wrote the New York Times bestselling uh, real estate book of all time, Nothing Down, Creating Wealth. Hmm. And it said, Dear Janet Atwood, we would love you to come and brainstorm with um, 50 of the top marketing geniuses in the industry on if your loved one's life dependent on it, how would you pre-sell a million books? And it was people like mega successful Jay Abraham, you know, the top marketing consultant in the world, Joe Polish, another brilliant out-of-the-box guy, Melanie Griffith, the actress, and... uh, Brian Tracy, great transformational leader. I mean, all the everybody that was there was a somebody, except for guess who? Me. Mm. I thought, why did they invite me? But they thought I was a big deal. And you and we had, I will never forget, we walk into this room, they make us sign our life away, and they mic us and they and we have earphones on. And we one at a time we stand up and they're filming and doing all of this stuff. And we're brainstorming on their book that's gonna come out. The one minute millionaire. Mm-hmm. Uh, if your loved ones like dependent on it, how would you pre sell a million books? And I don't even remember what I said. I just went to the bathroom, threw up, and um, did my piece and woke up the next morning. Okay, I didn't die. And uh, I was so happy it was over. You know, because I mean, I was just so out of my league. I just felt so out of my league. But the next morning, Bob Allen comes up to me and he puts a little piece of paper down and it has 10 projects. And he whispers in my ear, I'm eating breakfast with a couple of the people. He says, we'd like you, Mark and I would like you to become our business partner. Meet us in Chicago in three days. Tell us what one you want to do and let's begin. 
And this is really the truth. And I, so I chose this program that turned out to be called the Enlightened, uh, what was it? The Enlightened something. And it was all about the Enlightened Millionaire Program. And it was all about bringing people together, teaching them about how to create wealth. And, um, and we had 800 people come to our first seminar. My job was logistics. That's all I did. I was a wannabe speaker. I was zero speaking. Didn't know how the most I'd ever spoken to was 13 people. <laughs> and the first day of the seminar was, uh, was coming up. And I was really nervous because it was so many different logistic things. And the day before the seminar, Mark and Bob come into my office. And they said, we can't be there the first two hours tomorrow. I said, what do you mean you can't be there the first two hours? We don't have a speaker who's going to speak. You asked me, how did I get started? They said, you're going to speak. And I said, I'm going to speak. I'm not a speaker. I'm a wannabe speaker. They said, no, no, you're going to speak. Because they knew that's what I dreamed about. That's They knew that's what I wanted to do. And they walk out the door laughing. And I mean, (laughs) true story. And I call my business partner up at the time, Chris Atwood. And I said, Chris, help. And I tell him what happened. He goes, Janet, remember that little test you created for yourself called, you called it something like the passion test? Mm. I said, yeah. He said, give that. I said, but Chris, I haven't, I haven't made it into a talk. He said, well, I'll come over. We'll work on it. We were up all night long. Mm. And the next day I walked out on the scariest stage of my life. And for the next two hours, I don't remember. I honestly don't remember. I just did it. And at the end, all of a sudden, everybody gets up from their seat and gives me a standing ovation. And I am like, hello, you're kidding me. And that was it. That was the birth of my speaking. That was the birth of what is now known all over the world of the passion. That was the real birth. Yeah. And now it's the, you know, now it's just this mega big deal that, you know, that people are doing all over the world. So everybody listening, I I want you to know there's a moral to the story. You're not responsible for the how. Mm. Only responsible for the what. I never lost sight of the fact that what I wanted, my passion, my number one passion, and I was doing everything I can do to get as close to it as I could, was to be a transformational leader, was to share knowledge that mattered. And no matter what happens in your life, if you set the intention and you know without a doubt that's what you love to do, then nature will open the doors and open the doors and open the doors. And your job, your job is not, how is it going to happen? That's God, nature, higher power's job. Your job is just keep your attention on what you choose to create. And then follow, you know, have the courage, follow the steps. And it's going to be scary. I was scared to death. I mean, how many times did I throw up before I gave a talk? I can't even tell you. But the good news, it kept my weight down. No, that's not <laughs> Okay, that's not funny. Just not funny. All right, bad girl. Anyway. <laughs> That was it. That was, that was the real, real start. Wow. What a story. That's amazing. And and I think that's so cool when you hear kind of someone that's done that, where you knew what you wanted to do, (laughs) it gets thrown at you. And I love what you said is, you know, you don't need to know the how, just follow the steps, but have the courage to follow the steps have the courage. And I, and I wonder how many times at life where we get thrown kind of those breadcrumbs from the universe for lack of a better term, but, but maybe we turn a blind eye to it. Yeah, we cave. We go, oh my God, I'm not ready. But if nature throws it at you, guess what? You're ready enough. Mm. And and you know what, Ben? You'll never feel like you're ready. Mm. 
You never feel like you know enough. No transformational leader I know feels like they know enough. And everyone I know, you know, from, you know, a lot of them still get a little nervous before they come on because every one of us want to give our maximum. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So I, I want to hear your definition. Cause I mean, I certainly have an idea in mind, but I want to, I want you to describe, tell us what is a passionate life? How do you, I mean, I think we all know it when we see it, but how would you describe it? Well, I describe it way differently than everybody else describes it. I mean, you know, I used to say passion is about when you get out of bed in the morning, yay, you know, and you know, that's it. And you just go for it. And you're not looking at the clock and all that is true. Mm. But really living a passionate life isn't personal. It's not personal. And as I was explaining to you earlier, before this, this wonderful interview started, was that all of us are part and parcel of what science calls a unified field. Mm -hmm. And we each have a very specific role to play. And it's actually our birthright. It's our birthright and it's our duty. I call it our duty to figure out and get quiet and get clear on what is it that matters most to you? Because you see, the universe doesn't play tricks. It's not a mistake that you love what you love. And so your job is, each and every one of us, is to get so crystal clear that we can hear what are our marching orders from the general manager of the universe so that we can give maximum to the world, maximum to the world, no matter what that is. Nobody gives any more, really. Don't compare yourself to others. When you compare, you die. You know, not all of us are supposed to be Elon Musk. Mm. We're not. Not all of us are supposed to be a Jack Canfield. We're not. You know, maybe your passion is to grow a beautiful garden. And you just love, you know, seeing those beautiful flowers come up. Well, guess what? Everybody who gets to enjoy that, the, the smell, the, the beautiful visual, that's a service to humanity. That's of service to humanity. So our job is not to, not to compare, not to judge, but to get super clear on what is it that I love to do and then take those steps that need to be taken. You know, there's this, there's um, the passion test formula to living a, a passionate life. It's intention, attention, no tension. Intention is all, all about first you get clear. What we say in the passion test, Ben, is when you are clear, what you choose to have show up will. And only to the extent that you're clear that clarity is power. Mm. So the passion test, what it is, is one exercise after the other, after the other, after the other. It's all about you. That's why it's so much fun to help you gain a level of clarity about what you want to do in your life. But it's not just about career, Ben. Let me ask you, is health important to you? Mm -hmm. 100%. Uh, how about your relationship? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Your children? Of course. Yeah. What about your home where you live? Absolutely. All of it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. How about having fun for God's sakes? Yeah. 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 I'm the funster of the universe, man. If it's not fun, I don't play. <laughs> I'm not kidding you. I mean, I'm like, you know, if you don't want to have fun, I am so out of here because you know, now I'm at an age where I don't have to do everything. You know, yeah. I, I can really super pick and choose. Yeah. And I, you know, life is here to enjoy, not annoy. So mm -hmm. anyway, the passion That's test. So good. As you look at all of these areas of your life that are important and start with this very first sentence, when my life is ideal, I am. And it helps you to think about what would be ideal. You know, if I'm living the most ideal life in the area of health, and then and then you write that down and then make at least 10 
10 different passions. And then we have an elimination process to help you come up with your top five so that you don't feel overloaded. Everybody knows what that feels like. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and then all of these other processes. So intention, it's about clarity, use a passion test. Why not? It's the number one tool in the world. Mm -hmm. So that's the first step intention, intention, getting clear on what it is you choose to create. Second step, attention. All of us are powerful. Everybody's powerful, Ben. It's just, where are you using your power? How are you using your power? Are you putting all your attention on, oh, God, my God, COVID, 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 COVID. What are your conversations like? What, you know, how often are you watching the news? How often are you reading the news? How often are you talking about the news? Or are you being like a samurai or a yogi that would know, are you kidding me? I'm not going to waste my tail. I'm putting my attention on what I choose to create. The things that matter most to me. Because why? Because what you put your attention on, you will create more of. It's just the way the laws of nature work. Intention, attention. And then once you know what it is you're passionate about, you also have to strike like lightning in all directions and walk through the doors that open. Don't grumble about the doors that don't open. Don't worry, enough will open. And just go for it with all your might and just rock and roll. And then once you've done everything you know to do, the last step of the formula, intention, attention, no tension. Last step is once you've done everything, don't stamp, you know, don't like force it, just surrender, let go, you know, say this is something better. And you've got to, you got to let space for the universe, nature, higher power to start to create synchronicity. And that's a sweet spot. That's when the people, the places and things start to show up. So this is a system, you know, the acronym for system, save yourself time, energy, and money. So if you want to live a passionate life and be of greatest service to humanity, then get clear on the things that matter most to you so that you can, you know, live a life that, that is worthy of not only you, but everyone around you, because who you're being speaks so loudly. And if you're unhappy and if you're complaining about your life and you feel your job sucks and you're going to work every Monday and you just think, God, I can't keep doing this. Everybody's affected by you. So how much do you want to love? Huh? It's about, I, it's about being kind to you. And allowing yourself to really know that you are you are worthy, you are powerful. Now take your powerful attention and start to focus on what you choose to create in your life. That was basically a masterclass on how to live life right there. <laughs> that was like the best three minutes I think I've ever heard. I mean, <laughs> incredible. Um, so much gold in there, Janet. So much gold. You know, one thing I'm I'm just right from the minute we got talking even before we're recording is just, you just light me up. You light people up. You just raise the vibration of the whole, <laughs> the whole group. Uh, so amazing. So amazing. You know, um, as you talk about some of these things, it's, it's been neat because as we have, you know, incredible guests like yourself and other ones on everyone's message is slightly different yet at the same time, there's so many commonalities in the way we create our life. And this idea of you've heard it from all of so many of our previous guests, everybody, but I think Janet just eloquently so described it so well is just what do you really want to create in your life, your ideal life in all these areas and being willing to take the time to think about that, right? So I, I want to ask you this question because you, you've been teaching this to people for a long time, right? I imagine there's been, well, hundreds of thousands of people have gone through the program. 
I know some are living their passion. I know some that have gone through it probably aren't too. So I, I want to know, and I know lots of people that go through personal development. Some people change and some don't. I want to know what's your thoughts on why aren't more people living a passionate life? Well, you know, we all came in as love. And this is what I always say. I also teach a course called Mastery of Self-Love. We all came in as love. We all came in as light. That's our nature. And then what happens? Life happens. And maybe you were sexually abused. And then what happens? Oh, my God, you start to put down this veil. It's a guard. And where does it land on your heart? Right. You're protecting your heart because, boy, don't hurt me again. Or maybe when you were a little kid, you know, you had a dream and your parents said, really, you know, that that's for your that's for your little brother, not you. You don't. that's not you. You know, or you may be at a teacher who would push you against the wall when no one's looking. All of these different experiences, maybe you lost a parent, got in a car accident, you know, um, lost someone close to you that died. All of these different things are really super traumatic. And what happens is in order to handle life, because we didn't learn self-love 101, what did we do? We started to protect, we started to guard ourselves. And then after a while, we wonder why aren't I feeling? And then when we're not feeling, we're starting to think, God, there's something wrong with me. Why am I why am I not connecting with people? Why don't, why aren't I, you know, more communicative? Why am I having, a, you know, just this like challenge in my life? And, and all of these limiting beliefs start to come up. I'm not good enough. I'm not smart enough. I, I'm not educated enough. I'll never be enough. This all starts at our very young age. And so your limiting beliefs, unless you start, unless you find a way to work with your limiting beliefs, Ben, guess what? Your limiting beliefs are going to track you all the way to your 35 years of age. Mm. And you're going to still find that what you were thinking when something happened to you when you're little, you're still bringing it up into your life. And it shows up in all these other ways in your life. Mm -hmm. So what I've seen, and, and I'm an expert in undoing people's limiting beliefs. Hmm. I, I share this process called the work of Byron Katie. I was Byron Katie's marketing director, and she's one of the top, if not the top, in undoing limiting beliefs. She has this incredible process called the work, hmm. the work. And why it's called the work is because it takes work to take a look at the beliefs that are blocking you and quit blaming others for your circumstances and taking responsibility for what you're doing to you, because no one can do anything to us. That's our job. That's what we yeah. do. And so, you know, what, what we all have to come to, if we're not waking up every day and really feeling happy for no reason, is that we're entertaining limiting beliefs. It's taking up a lot of real estate in our brain. And it's time to undo those limiting beliefs. And it's very possible. There's a lot of different tools out there. I feel the work is probably by far the very best one. Hmm. But so I work with people in the passion test programs and mastery of self-love, both programs. You know, the one thing that I've seen stops people from living a passionate life is I'm not, I'm not good enough or I'm too old hmm. or I'm not beautiful enough or I'm too fat. You know I mean? I see it over and over and over again. And those limiting beliefs, guess what? The world is as you are. If you continually saying that, saying that, saying that, the mind is like a computer, garbage in, garbage out. And so therefore, what happens if you're, you know, remember, I started by saying we're all powerful. All of us are powerful. Mm -hmm. And you're so powerful that if you're always saying, 
I'm fat, fat, fat. The universe starts to go, oh, okay, we're listening. Okay, let's set up all the people, the places, and the things to show up in your life to show you that you're right. Thoughts are things. Mm. Thoughts are things. Your thinking matters. It's very powerful. And so you're the co-creator of your universe, not your circumstances. So what do you have to do? That's why you call it undoing undoing your limiting beliefs and there's all these different tools to do that and i absolutely want to tell everyone to go and check out the work website www.thework.com and uh, if you're if you find that in your life you, you know your relationships are all screwed up or you can't you can't maintain your attention on your passion because all of your stuff comes up around what 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 you're not instead of what you are. So what do you have to do? You have to stand in the fire of your own discomfort. Stand in the fire of your own discomfort and really start to own what you're doing to you, how you're blocking you, and then learn how to undo them. There are a lot of great programs. Hmm. That's so good. Yeah, we've um, we've been talking a bit about limiting beliefs, but not into that kind of detail of it and just that that whole idea of whatever you're attaching after I am is exactly what you're creating and becoming. Well, yeah. I am those those two words, the most powerful words in the world, because what you said is so true. You know, there's a there's this famous guy. He works with Tony Robbins now. He's a dear friend of mine, Master Stephen Cove. He's the world renowned pranic healing master. He travels all over the world. And I'm interviewing one time, and I said, Master Cove, is there anything in your life? And the guy's like, I just like one of those genuine, like powerful guys, right? Mm-hmm. I said, is there anything you wouldn't do that you, that, you know, if you could take back, you would never do it again. He goes, yep. I said, what's that? He said, if I had known how powerful I was, I'd never think a negative thought again, mm. ever. Yeah, you guys, you know, it's, it's really about wanting to do your own work, but how many of you are, letting your inner critic take you out. You know, that inner critic is that that quiet, deadly voice that, you know, when you're walking by a mirror, what do you say? Oh God, you ugly thing, you know, or you're, Mm. oh God, you're too big, or when are you gonna get in shape? How do you, you if people could read some of the minds, it would be terrorism at, (laughs) at at the highest, right? The highest form of terrorism is what we do to ourselves. Right. So, so the thing is, I have this whole, a whole program in my mastery of self-love, taking a look at what is your inner critic? What is your most dominant inner, inner critic? And, and then let's find your self-love mantra. And it's a, see self-love since none of us been went to self-love 101 school when we were little, yeah. you know, we have to go back. We have to go backwards and we have to take a look. What is our inner critic? Okay. Um, if, if we really came in here as light and love, then the inner critic is a lie. It's just that we've been saying the inner critic for so many years that we've started to believe that's the truth. But what really is the truth, almost 100% of the time, is what I call your self-love mantra. The opposite of your inner critic. Mm. The opposite of what your inner critic is. But you see, when you keep telling yourself or you tell someone else what they're like and you tell them enough times, they start to believe it and you start to believe it and everybody starts to believe it. But now you have to undo that. It's time to undo that. And how do I know? If you're listening to Ben's calls, then you're looking for something. 
And the first thing that you need to look at is how do you treat you? How are you treating you? Because as you treat you, you treat everyone. Yeah. How you treat you, you treat everyone. There's no one out there. Everyone is just a reflection of your own inner thoughts, of your, your own thoughts. If you want to know how you treat yourself, then watch how you treat others. Watch, how, watch what comes out of your mouth when you're, when you're being impatient with your kids. You know, that's how you treat you. And so you're always going to treat others like you treat yourself. So all you have to do is wind it back down, come back home to you and start being kind to you, knowing. And Ben, I think this is the most important thing everyone can learn is that there are no mistakes, that you can't make a mistake, that everything that happened to you up until now had to happen. How do you know it happened in the story? Otherwise, we have a weird, mean God. How do you know it was there to serve you? Well, I'm interviewing Tony Robbins one year, and Tony says, Janet, don't you feel it's really true that that the hardest things in our lives that happen to us are the best things later? Mm. That was called a reframe. There, how do you find the best the best of it later for you, you reframe it because every moment is happening for you, not to you. Yeah. And this is what all of us have to come to if we want to really be in our power and really be of service to humanity. And all you have to do is start saying to yourself when you think you made a mistake, um, there are no mistakes. There are no mistakes. How do I know that had to happen? Well, did it? Yeah. You're not the general manager of the universe. You're not the doer. You're being done to. You can't control anything. So, so, namaste. You know, no mistake. This is really true. There are no mistakes. And so, to really start to understand that, you can take out a lot of guilt off yourself, a lot of shame. A lot of stuff that is keeping you from being able to love yourself so that you can open to yourself so that you can open to others. Amazing. So amazing. Yeah. I I remember hearing years ago reading actually, and uh, it was this idea of just where you said where you, how you treat, how are you treating yourself in that inner critic? But if you had a friend that talked to yourself the way you did and broke promises and treated yourself the way that you did, would you ever want that person around? (laughs) Well, I always like to use the analogy. I mean, you know, if your baby made a mistake, would you take the baby by the leg and then throw it against the wall? That's what you do to you every time you make a mistake, right? right? You take the leg and you throw yourself against the wall. Well, but what, how would you treat a baby? You know, all of us have that same inner tenderness, Mm -hmm. all of us. And, And we probably blocked it a lot with a lot of, a lot, a lot of layers so we think, no, I'm tough. But nobody I've ever met that's really, re- that's really true is tough. Mm. You know, and our, job, and our job in this lifetime is learn how to be authentic, transparent, and vulnerable. How do you do that? Authentic, transparent, and vulnerable. That's an extreme sport. You want an extreme sport, you guys? Authentic, transparent, and vulnerable is the most extreme sport. Try it on for size. Because you have to have so much courage to show up as you are at any moment and really be you. If you want to have an extreme sport, take that on. (laughs) So good. So let me ask you this. Uh, We got people listening. They're saying, yes, I love this. I want to change. I don't want to keep being angry. I don't want to keep being, and maybe they're, maybe they're not, I don't know, but let's say I'm just feeling like, okay, where do I start? Because I know we've, we've thrown a lot of people. So what would you say? Hey, step one, just start doing this. Yeah. Well, I I said, you know, like there are so many places to start. I mean, 
with anger, I would say I would start with your limiting beliefs. Mm. And, and actually, the easiest way to start, I've been meditating. I've been practicing transcendental meditation over 50 years, <laughs> like 15 years, you know, longer yeah. than you were born. Okay, so <laughs> anyway, and, um, and honestly, it's been my anchor. Because what's the purpose of meditation? So many people think the purpose of meditation, Om Shanti, I'm having a nice experience. No, that's not what meditation is. Transcendental, what does that mean? It means to transcend. It means to go beyond the thinking process to to experience finer and finer layers of the thinking process to gain such a, and when that happens, you're gaining a very, very profound, deep state of rest. And the state of rest, and there's all this scientific research from Harvard, Yale, Stanford, et cetera, Mm -hmm. that found that the state of rest gained in meditation, in a meditation practice where you transcend, um, what happens is it undoes, it undoes those deep-rooted stresses. Naturally, those deep-rooted stresses, that PTSD, those psychosomatic illnesses, those things start to be released, those deepest stresses in us. And that happens just naturally. So if I would, if of everything I've ever learned, Ben, mm-hmm. my number one practice, my number one practice, if, if the general manager of the universe came down and said, you get to keep one, you only get to keep one, I'd keep my... PM, my transcendental meditation program, any meditation, and many of the people listening are probably meditators. If it's the type of meditation that takes your awareness within, it's it's transcendental. Mm -hmm. And the way to know whether you found a great practice for yourself, look for the scientific research. You know, transcendental meditation has volumes and volumes and volumes from all of the most prestigious uh, schools in the world the universities in the world, then look for whether it has a tradition, a tradition of masters that have handed it down from time immemorial. Then look for whether or not it's it's happening right now. If it's happening right now, it's lasted over time. If it's lasted over time, guess what? That anything that's lasted over time, that says that it has value. So those are the ways to look for a meditation practice. And and truly, you know, Ben, would you take your car and would you drive it all over the universe without getting a, a tuna? No, no way. Yeah. No way, right? But you would drive your body all over the world without giving yourself a tuna. Mm. But 20 minutes twice a day, if you want to enjoy 200% of life, you want to transcend just 20 minutes twice a day. And people go, God, I don't have 20 minutes. Well, let me tell you what happens. When you meditate for 20 minutes, what happens is the mind becomes so coherent because you're throwing off all this stress. Stress is the thing that makes you like busy in the mind, noisy, noisy, noisy. When you start undoing those stresses, you start to have more clarity. So it's do the job, see the job and stay out of the misery. It's the do less, accomplish more path. So you start to work less, enjoy more. Why? Because you're so coherent from within. And Ben, everything I've mentioned today, all the different tools I've mentioned, they're all about going within, going within. Everything is about going within because out here is what is called the relative. The relative is always changing, always changing. That which is within never changes. The absolute never changes. So for all of us, what we want to do is we want to find those practices that will take our awareness within so that we can know ourselves deeply, 
know ourselves deeply is what we're here to do. And everything you're striving for, absolutely everything you're striving for, you might as well just cut to the chase, is so you will be loved Mm. in some way, shape, or form. So you will be loved. So you will enjoy. So life, again, is here to enjoy. So how do you spend your precious time? And it is very precious. Every moment matters. Every single moment matters. How are, how are you choosing? What are you choosing? You know, are, how are you feeding your body temple? You know, I mean, is your environment um, that space where you're healed in? Every single thing matters. The universe is so, is so efficient that not one breath can lead without the other. So it's time for all of us to take note. You know, there's this been this beautiful quote by uh, my master, Marishi Maheshogi, who I learned transcendental meditation from. And um, there's a part of it that says, um, if you don't reach God in this lifetime, then you have sold a diamond at the price of spinach. Mm. And what, what that meant was, if you don't know yourself deeply, Right. If you don't start to really know yourself deeply, if you don't start to know that you're the co-creator of your universe, that you're working with this, this, this energy that is higher than yourself. I use the name God. It works for me. But God, nature, the unified field, mm-hmm. whatever name you want to put to that energy that's higher than yourself. You know, when we get in tune with that, that's when we really start to give maximum to the world. And that's the happy spot. It's not in getting. It's, in, it's when we're giving. And when we're overflowing naturally, we're overflowing. You told me you had Erica Meads on. Erica Meads is a perfect example of someone in his field. He overflows. And notice how giving he was. Mm-hmm. You probably had to pull him off your thing and say, hey, Eric, it's three hours later. We got to get off this podcast for God's sake, right? Because the guy is just so lit with what he does that he just overflows and all he wants to do from that, the natural progression of overflowing is that all you want to do is give. And that is when truly you're living a passionate life. That's so beautiful. That, uh, everybody, I'm, I can't wait for this episode to come out so I can listen to it over and over. I mean, it's, it's just so good. And, you know, it's funny. The other day I was teaching our, our uh, part of our team and I was talking about if there was one thing in my life, exactly what you said, but one thing, if we just keep doing this, this is the biggest ever meditation, hands down. All right. And I know we've been talking about the show. We've been having multiple guests talk about it. You just heard from Janet talk about it in a masterclass way. Why to do it. How, just get started. If you're not doing it, get started. You'll be so thankful. So thankful. You can just tune into greater good that way in so many ways. Janet, I know we got to go. Uh, I wish we did have another three hours because this is just amazing. Um, we're going to have uh, footnotes in the show for people to get in terms of connecting with you, links, all that kind of stuff. Uh, but but really quickly, so people do know, just in case they're, they're not checking that, where do they go to find more of you? Yeah, just www.thepassiontest.com. It's very Perfect. simple. And uh, thank you. I loved hanging out with you today. You're just a light being and I love the work that you're doing and just however I can support you. I'm here. You you got a buddy. Janet, thank you so much. Appreciate you so much. Thanks for being with us, everybody. Hey, make sure to tag Janet and I in the episode when you share it. Make sure you do share it to at least three people and we'll see you all soon. Thanks for tuning in. (laughs) 